shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty everybody, welcome back to Armchair Mixed Martial Arts. This is Joshua as always. Thank you so much for tuning in. Armchair Army, gang gang, know I'm talking about. Sorry this one came out a little late. Uh, that's what happens whenever your ass is locked up in Atoka, Oklahoma for traffic tickets. Oh, small town ass bullshit out here trying to extort people. Taking me in, locking me up for a speeding ticket and some bullshit. Instead of letting me go with a ticket because they know that it goes from a sub 50% chance. It goes from a sub 50% chance of me paying the ticket in some far off place to a over 90% chance that I'm going to pay it in order to like get out and go home in less than 10 days. So uh, they knew what they were doing. They caught them a passing Texan man uh, and squoze me for some cash. Uh, old small town. <clears throat> I ain't trying to bash. I ain't trying to bash them too hard, though, man. They uh, they got a hard enough time out there on their own. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I we can just leave it at that. Um, but <laughs> on the subject of mixed martial arts, uh, we're gonna cover 283 today. We're gonna preview it, and we're also gonna go over uh the most recent fight night that happened, uh, the Sean Strickland versus Imovov card, uh, and then we're gonna call out a wrap. You know, first one of the year. I'm coming out behind, you know, I'm on my back foot, whatever, man. We're just going to bang this one out real quick and get back in the groove of making good content after getting fresh out of jail. Uh, so let's go. <laughs> Such a dumbass. <laughs> but the Eva Malvin Strickland fight was fun, but Sean Strickland pretty much put it on him the whole fight. I felt like it was, you know, it was, I thought it was Sean Strickland's fight throughout, um, you know, he even worked in some wrestling, which was pretty cool. Uh, 50K Danny Gay went out there and uh, put the whoop, put the whoop ass on Damon Jackson with a uh, pretty spectacular TKO in the second round. Uh, I think he actually got a uh, I think he actually got a a performance of the night bonus. Um, Raquel Pennington beat Caitlin Vieira in a three round fight, which. Uh, Kind of shocked me. I was definitely expecting Caitlin Vieira to win that one. Um, so I will admit whenever I pick them wrong, it is what it is. Uh, we had a Punahele Soriano. Uh, sorry if I butchered your first name, big homie. Um, but I've been uh, rocking with Soriano since he was on the Contender Series, man. Uh, just fun fighter. Real fun fighter. Always fun fight whenever he's on the card, so. Uh, I like it whenever he's on the card, but uh, Roman Kapalov uh, won in convincing fashion. Man, it was a it was a convincing victory. Um, just a, a more rounded skill set, you know, is really like I can really say. Um, you know, Soriano definitely probably has the better outright boxing and bigger punches, but um, there's there's more to this game than just that. It's mixed martial arts, and uh, Kapalov is that dude. Like bet on bet on Kapilov. Like that guy's gonna keep winning fights, in my opinion, for sure. Um, then we had Umar Nurmagomedov remained undefeated, getting him a TKO in the last twenty seconds of 
the first round against Rayoni Barcelos. Uh, and some other fights. Emil Shabdurakimov got canceled. Anything happened fun on the, on the... Man, Abdul, Razak, Al-Hassan look great. Um, like a calmer version of him, right? He's always been real explosive, but he's always been kind of controlled by his emotions in the octagon and uh, is taking big risks and is blowing his gas tank too quick because he's fighting angry and stuff. And um, it, seem as, it seems as though his coaches have really gotten through to him and he's starting to fight in an intelligent way and with the physical tools that Abdul has at his, expos at his uh, disposal. If he starts fighting real smart, it's going to be a really, really tough combination for anybody at middleweight. So, um, you know, because Claudio Ribeiro isn't isn't a pushover at all. Like this was a this was not an easy fight for anybody. But um, at any rate, that's the only one I really want to cover in the prelims. Like I said, I just want to kind of uh, run through this one. That way, we can just get back in the groove of making them and pushing them out because uh, you know there's a big long break and. Man, it's just been weird. Um, my my facility and oh fuck it, my brother's house and the barn where we were running one of my businesses all burned down, and so there's been and that was right around the holidays, and then I got sick and my boy got sick, and then I went to fucking jail in Oklahoma, and it's just been one thing after a motherfucking another, and I really ain't had time to like prep for this one the way I would typically want to. So here we are, ladies and gents. This is what you get for following a podcast ran by a fuck-up. Let's go. Podcast ran by a fuck-up. That's a, that's a fun name for a podcast, actually. Um, but 283 on the come-up is going to be a fun card. Uh, man, I just still can't believe what's going on at at 205. That whole The whole situation is just bonkers how uh, Yuri had to chose to vacate the belt and then they tried to have uh the other fight between Jan and uh Jan Blakowitz and uh Ankalaev and that yeah Magomed Ankalaev and that turned into a bore fest towards the end right according to everybody I enjoyed the fight but well, maybe I'm maybe I'm curious maybe I maybe I just in too smart no, it's whatever. Um, but either way, it wound up being a draw. And so now they're doing Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill. And I am real fucking high on Jamal Hill. I think Jamal Hill's been a motherfucking smoke Glover Teixeira, to be real honest. Um, you know, but then again, I thought that Yuri was going to smoke him and just, you know, Glover's tough old, tough old bean. And, you know, he, he, he's got a thick old skull. Ain't no, ain't no knocking him out. And he's high and tight with his boxing. And so his wrestling's great. And so he's a tough fight for anybody. But, you know, he's just so damn old. He's so over the hill. And Jamal Hill, he's over the hill. And he's fighting Jamal Hill. But Jamal Hill has got so much pop. Like, you watch that guy fight. His, he's explosive. His hands are fast, and he's not—he's not just tip tapping whenever he does it. He's throwing with ill intent when he's like—he's got a lot of acceleration behind, and he's 
He's he's got some good technique. I'm real real high on Jamal Hill. I think that Jamal Hill's gonna bink Glover Teixeira and swarm him and probably get a TKO. I don't think he's gonna uh, flatten him out or anything, but I definitely think he's gonna hurt Glover and he's gonna just swarm him. And that's gonna probably have to be that because he hits really hard and he's very accurate. And once he's got you hurt, um, it's gonna be hard to get away from him. So we'll see i mean if glover if glover wins i'm not going to be like particularly shocked right glover to share as a legend he won the belt right he had a legendary war with giri uh and lost in the last few seconds and so he's sincerely cream of the crop at 205 um so you can never you can never count them out right uh but if i'm making a pick right we're doing a podcast we want shit to talk about so uh you know i'm making a pick and it's gonna be jamal hill for me right i just think he's younger faster has more pop uh and is you know probably gonna have uh this is just the explosiveness factor right how how hard he hits how quick he throws and uh how aggressive he is in there uh, coupled with how technical he's able to be with his striking uh, and his and his mindset. I was really impressed with him all around. I think I think he's gonna get it done. But all the love and respect to Glover. Then we got Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno for like the twelfth time. Um, take my money. I said it on this podcast after their most recent fight that I would literally pay to watch them every weekend, and I mean that. And so it's just that time of year again where we get Davis and Figueroa and Brendan Moreno. It's like a it's like a pastime at this point. It it, it it almost the UFC ain't even gonna be the same whenever these guys aren't fighting anymore. It's been a like a couple years saga now, man. And they're both clearly the top of their class. Um, I mean, it's anybody's fight. It's anybody's fight. I wonder what's going to be going on with Brendan Marino because uh, I reckon, if I'm not mistaken, Brendan Marino is, uh, or at least was, part of James Krause's camp. And you, everybody knows James Krause is toxic waste right now. You can't even be associated with James Krause and be on the UFC roster right now. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, again, I've been having a rough month, y'all. So I, I ain't been looking into the headlines and reading into uh, where exactly Brendan Marino stands uh, on whether or not he's going to be able to keep training. I mean, he, he clearly isn't training with James Krause and them. Uh, it'd be interesting to know where he's training at right now. Uh, if I had a Jamie here, I could have someone look it up for me, but we ain't got that right now. Um, but either way. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out for Brendan Marino now that he's had to clearly make some changes in his camp, considering what's happened with James Krause and them with the the whole betting scandal that's going on over there, which is still a crazy thing. And you know, I I, I follow Brendan Schaub and his old. You know, I've been I've been watching him since what, the Ultimate Fighter. You know what I'm saying? Before he was even doing podcasts, and so you know that's that's my dude, and he uh. He was saying that he's got some insider information on that whole situation and that it goes deep, deep. Very, it's a, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg and 
the real life investigators are looking into it now and it's about to be like a house of cards falling all over the place for those guys so we're gonna see uh what happens over there but um you know typically i I tend to i tend to pull for brendan moreno in these fights um just because uh i've liked his interviews and stuff more you know he, he speaks english so i've been able to relate to him better but uh, Davison Figueredo is always such a nice guy in the, in the interview, such a savage in the octagon, but then he's always so nice and is always like glory to God type shit in the interview. So it's hard to really dislike him. Right. But, uh, in my heart, I always kind of lean Brendan Marino. So let's, let's roll Brendan Marino on this one. Uh, Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny. Oh, this one came together. Cool. I remember. So I remember whenever, uh, those two were talking back and forth on social media, but it was seeming like uh, that was only if this fight was only going to be able to happen if someone who Gilbert Burns had already been lined up to fight with backed out. And so it seems as though that happened. I don't know. Uh, but I know that Gilbert Burns is always a fun fight. Old Arino's got a, he got, I got a big right hand. He just got a big right hand and he's going to throw it. And Neil Magny's got all kinds of cool physical tools at his disposal. Uh, and you know, these are just, these are two wily vets. It's going to be a fun fight. Uh, I would be shocked if that was not a very entertaining fight for everybody. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd probably have to pick Gilbert Burns. I think that Neil Magny has kind of a history of being a little chinny, uh, and he's very tall. And so it's, it, it's really going to be hard for him to tuck his chin all the way down. And like Gilbert, I feel like Gilbert Burns will be able to find his chin. Because Gilbert Burns got a cinder block for a head. And so Neil Magny ain't going to be able to hit him hard enough to keep him from coming in. And once he's in there, he's going to, because he's way low, he's going to be punching up at Neil Magny. And that's going to that's gonna find the sweet spot under that chin. And I think it's going to probably be a nighty-night type of situation for Neil Magny. But, um, again, if I were to, like, call it, right? Like, if you wanted to make, like, an interesting bet on this one, maybe go Gilbert Burns by knockout. Um you know, in the second, but you know, it's, it's not outside of what could happen if Neil Magny were to be able to work his clinch. Uh, you know, Neil's one of those guys where he's very long and he uses it effectively, but then whenever someone gets in on him, his clinch work is very nasty. Right. And so I could see Neil hurting Gilbert in some clinch situation with some tinies and elbows type shit. And I could see him piecing him up from range for an entire fight. And so, um, you know, I could see Neil Magny realistically winning a winning a three-round decision in this one as well. Um, I think if it goes to a decision, it probably leans in Neil Magny's favor. I'll say that. If it goes all the way to the judges' scorecards, I feel like the chances of Neil Magny, if it being... Only one person's going to win, right? And so if it's someone gets a finish it's Gilbert Burns going to get that finish. If it's someone's going to decision, it's going to be Neil Magny who gets that decision. I feel like that's what's most probable. That's not to say that Neil Magny can't get a finish. That's not to, still, that's not to say that Gilbert Burns can't not get a, uh, a decision win, right? But this is just what I feel like is most probable. Uh, then we have Lauren Murphy and Jessica Andrade. And this is a fun fight. Anytime that Jessica Andrade is fighting, it's fun. Uh, so I'll never forget whenever she was fighting Rose Namajunas and she had Rose in that weird kind of awkward grappling situation. And 
the last thing anyone said before she slammed Rose on her head and put her to sleep was Dominic Cruz saying that you can't really slam somebody from that position, right? Uh, they're grappling, they're grappling, Dominic Cruz. Well, you know, the thing about that position is you can't really slam them, pick up, slam, new champion type shit. Uh, was that a championship fight? I can't remember. Hmm. I believe that was. Either way, it was a fun fight. Uh, it was one of the crazy, one of the craziest finishes ever, man. <laughs> like, pick up, slam on the head, out cold knockout in the in the women's divisions, bro. That was that was some hype. That was real life. Like your boy's jumping out of his chair, pumped up. Let's go. And so, and but that's not to say that Lauren Murphy hasn't had her. Uh, you know, her fair share of highlights. She's had a bunch of fun fights, but, um, it's that flyweight. Mm. So like Jessica isn't going to have as many physical advantages as she might typically have. You know, I, I my heart's telling me Jessica Andrade. I just think that she's the, the going to be the, the more aggressive and the more powerful of the two. And those are going to be the determining factors that really wind up being the difference maker. Ooh, we, Paul Craig and Johnny Walker, they ain't doing Johnny Walker no favors, homie. Johnny Walker has had a tough go in the UFC because he's had some losses, but they're two killers. It's not like he's losing to scrubs. Every time they try and give him somebody who's a little bit further back in the rankings, it's somebody who's a low-key savage on the come-up. I think, you know, like one of the fights that they, they tried to give him as a, a kind of bounce-back fight, um was Jamal Hill before everyone really exactly understood who Jamal Hill was. So, and now he's got the bear chew ball Craig and man, Paul Craig is a terrifying guy to fight. Right. Uh, just because of how decisive he is with his jujitsu, right? Whenever he goes for something, he's taking that shit home and he like leaps on it, you know, he, he's a very, very dangerous jujitsu guy. I think, uh, he gave Magomed and Kalayev, the guy who just fought for the 205 strap that was vacated by Yuri, his only loss. Uh, I think he triangle choked Magomed and Kalayev. And so, you know, the guy is incredibly dangerous. Uh, but I always, I always want to pull for Johnny Walker. He's a fun guy. He's, you know, former male stripper. He's got a fun story. He's big, tall, good-looking dude, you know. And he's got all these amazing physical tools. But, man, unless he knocks Paul Craig out, I feel like it's most likely that Paul Craig winds up getting him into some type of grappling situation and winds up putting him in some type of high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu situation, right? I mean, he could even take his back while they're standing if he can't get him down. Um, it could be that, you know, what, what I keep seeing in my mind's eye is that Johnny Walker with his length and his strength and his explosiveness winds up catching paul craig and setting him down and then once he follows him to the floor paul that's paul craig's world and it's gonna be all paul craig 
And so, you know, there, any way that it gets to a grappling situation, especially if it gets to a grappling situation on the ground or to a situation where Paul Craig has Johnny Walker's back, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a pretty swift end to the night at the office once it gets to any one of those three scenarios that I just described. So, um, at least that's how I feel like it's going to go if I had to pick it. Um, but again, if, uh, Johnny Walker knocked Paul Craig, sent Paul Craig to the moon, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like that's the Johnny Walker can do that. But, uh, in my heart, I feel like it's going to be Paul Craig by some form of submission, probably in the late second half of the fight, somewhere after the two and a half minute mark in the second round, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it'll either be real, real early, right? Whenever they're still like, they ain't even sweaty yet. And he catches him in something slick and he's not slippery enough to get out and it's over right or it goes for a while johnny walker starts to to fade a little bit on the gas tank and then that's when paul craig finally gets into the ground or uh the ground game that he's been drowning him in winds up drowning him that's that that's how i feel like it's gonna go uh shogun rua is fighting ihor potier i don't even know who this other guy is ihor Potieja or Potiera. I don't know where he's from, depending on if he's from Portugal, if he's if that's a Portuguese uh, pronunciation or if that's a Spanish pronunciation. I'm not entirely certain, but he's fighting this fellow named Ihor, uh, 19 and 3. Uh, I cannot believe Shogun's still fighting. That's wild to me. Um, but I also feel like bouncing around in my brain somewhere, I remember hearing that this was going to be Shogun's retirement fight. So, uh, if that is the case, good on him, you know, uh, this sport is not friendly to people on the way out and hopefully he's able to get a win. I don't want to see him going out laid out flat on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like we've seen so many, you know, face down ass up is kind of the retirement pose in mixed martial arts. And I don't want to see that for him. So hopefully he goes out and gives us a good performance. And for that sake, I'm going to pick Mauricio. Uh, I'm going to put that out into the universe. I believe that our thoughts have an impact. And so that's what I'm going to choose to see. Uh, and we've got RoboCop Gregory Rodriguez fighting Bruno Ferreira. F-E-R-R-E-I-R-A. Ferreira. Uh, and I can honestly, I don't, I don't know enough about this Bruno fella to really speak on him. He's nine and zero, but I know that uh, Gregory Rodriguez is motherfucking impossible to stop, uh, and will walk right through pretty much anybody. So I'm gonna pick Gregory Rodriguez with some pretty fucking solid confidence without knowing anything about this other guy. Tiago Moises is fighting Malcazial Costa. Mal. Quiz y'all, Costa. Uh, I don't know enough about this other cat, Costa, to really speak on this. I know Tiago Moises is a beast, but that's about it. Um, Gabriel Bonfim, 13 and 0 versus Monir Laziz. I'm not familiar with either of these guys, so uh, you know that's about that. Uh, it's looking like. Uh, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury are uh, finally going to actually uh, fight. That's that's now set for like the third or twelfth time. Who knows? Um, Francis Ngannou has been released from his contract in the UFC. Um, 
I hate it, man. I hate to hear it. This is the type of shit they're going to like make movies about where the heavyweight champion of the world won every fight he ever had except against the promotion that was doing the fighters dirty. You know what I'm saying? And like real, for real, for real. props to Francis Ngannou for going out on his shield at the negotiation table, right? Like it's one thing to go in and fight other guys in the octagon where there's agreed upon rules. It's another thing to go in and fight the white men in the suits in their office where they make the rules. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, that's a, that's a intimidating place where the uh, deck is loaded against you. And he went in there and put his chest out and tried and, you know, was going for things like, uh, you know, higher fighter pay for the lowest end people on the roster so they can be more comfortable uh, covering uh, insurance for people while they're fighting and after they retire from the from the organization. Several things that the UFC weren't weren't about at all because they habitually mistreat their fighters in several ways that is are well documented. But so you know. Francis went and fought for everybody, and uh, they told him to get the fuck on down the road, and so he's getting the fuck on down the road. Hopefully he gets to cash out. I know that he's still wanting that uh, that Fury fight. They'll have to hit that iron while it's hot, because the longer he goes without being the UFC heavyweight champion, the less relevant he's going to be, and the less people are going to believe it's a fight that he really deserves, so... You know, I mean, in my heart, he's going to deserve it. He could do it whenever he wants in Josh's world, but, you know, the average, you know, boxing fan or whoever, you know, casuals, they're not going to know what's up. So, you know, got to strike the iron while it's hot is the old saying. Um, you know, and, I, and also boxing promotions are weird, man. I don't know if he can just do that, right? Like, I remember uh, – Fury and Joshua both wanting to fight at the same time. Them both being like, yeah, we want to fight. But the promotion's not being able to line it up. And so there could be, you know, promotional uh, things that get in the way of the fight ever even coming together in the first place over there. Um, yeah, just... Just bad deal. I, I wish that... I wish they'd have done Francis better. And I wish that they'd be... Um, I wish that I wish they treat the guys better, man. Is the and the girls right? At the end of the day, the the backup, the backup guy on the practice squad playing left guard for the Dallas Cowboys, right? The backup practice squad left guard for the Dallas Cowboys doesn't have to concern himself with how he's gonna pay his bills and shit like that, right? He's not having to go and wait tables at the Denny's while he's also playing left guard uh, on the practice squad for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in order to, in, you know, that's just not something that's happening. They're paying everybody a livable wage. You're getting a quarter million dollars a year, whatever the league minimum is, for you to go out there and play football. And so even if you're on the practice squad. And so, you know, it's just very frustrating to me that there's this environment in this attitude where it's okay for these fighters to not be able to make like a really livable wage. Like Bryce Mitchell 
top 15 guy literally taking fights while he's injured because he needs the cash because he's down to sing a single digit number of dollars in his bank account which who's to say that has anything to do about his money management or what have you but the bottom line is i'm sick of these fighters you know neil magny was uh you know bussing tables and or, or you being a waiter or sometimes it would be in a bar i don't know the bottom line is working in a restaurant while he's like training to fight wonder boy thompson and shit like that you know what i'm saying it's insane it's insane that the ufc is is paying folks in a manner that makes it so that that type of behavior is necessitous it's really shocking it's really frustrating and i wish they'd do something about it and i really appreciate francis and Ghani for going in there and fighting to try and make the type of changes that i wish i would see happen Let's see. UFC star Francis is going to be a below average boxer. Maybe. This slap boxing shit. I can't get this, the slap stuff. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't get behind it, guys. I feel like the fact that, and I think I saw maybe maybe it was brennan schaub said that the fact that the ufc is associated with the slap boxing stuff has set the set the whole sport back 10 years and that's a fact dude it's embarrassing it's like what the fuck are we doing here is this serious out of all the things you could get involved with slap boxing not even slap boxing just ceremonial slap competitions dude it's fucking weird it's weird, Dana White. It's weird, homie. I don't know. You're on a big slap kick. Ask your old lady about it. It's wild. I can't. I, I, I just, I, I really can't believe it. And it's so, and it's so wild. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. I like it. I like it deep down. But like, what the fuck is happening at the UFC where they feel like this is the thing that they need to be putting their name on? Uh, it definitely has set us back. Like, it has set us back. Either way, either way, maybe, I mean, maybe Dana knows something I don't, you know what I'm saying? Um, let's see, anything else happening out here? Uh, Paul Rosas Jr. is going to be uh, fighting Christian Rodriguez at UFC 287. Um, Neil Magny said something about uh, training with Kozmat Chimiev was the essence of fucking around and fighting out. Uh, Greg Hardy is going to be fighting Bare Knuckle Fighting. He's going to be fighting Josh Watson at uh, BKFC Knuckle Mania 3. Mm. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I'm going to cover today. It's a short episode. Uh, you know, I'm sorry if you guys feel like I gave y'all a disservice with that episode. I know I, in my heart I definitely do it and didn't do as much pre-production work on this one as I typically do. Um, but that's just a, a, a matter of happenstance, right? It's, it's been a weird set of circumstances over the last 30 days and, uh, just know I love all y'all and, uh, I really intentfully mean to put out a, a, a fun bit of content here that everybody can relate to and have fun with. And so if this one didn't quite meet the bar that y'all are used to, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I do intend on picking it back up, uh, on the next few go rounds. So. 
appreciate y'all rocking with me armchair army and being patient with me while things are rocky on my end things looking good moving forward though so we should be back to rocking like normal moving forward appreciate y'all for checking out this one this is the ufc 283 preview this is joshua barnett with armchair mixed martial arts armchair army gang gang peace out